If you'd like to keep your Bibles open, uh, do please, or you're on your phones. Uh, let me start by saying something obvious but important. Um, the best football teams are not uh, made up entirely of strikers. It's quite, it's quite a nice thought in one sense, isn't it? Well, let's score lots of goals by putting everybody up front. Uh, but of course, you're not going to do so well on the counter-attack, and it's not going to work well uh, for uh, a football team. The best uh, orchestras, uh, with all due respect to any trombone players here, are not made up just of trombone players, however glorious that might be. Um, but they're going to be loud, and they're going to be brassy, uh, but potentially they're not going to be able to handle uh, all of the, 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 the small bits of character and melody uh, that are written uh, into these great orchestral pieces. In the same way, the, the best and the most Christ-honoring uh, season of life for Christchurch at this time is not going to happen if it's a congregation that is full of Simon Cansdales. And I'll just let you quietly fill in uh, why that would be the case. But I think it's all, we're all pretty, um, it's pretty obvious that if everybody in the church had my gifts, uh, it would be a disaster, literally and truly. What we're going to do today is we're going to uh, just burrow in to that uh, passage from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and see some of the important things it teaches about the life of the church and what it means uh, literally uh, to be a Christian. I want to focus uh, particularly on verses 12, uh, sorry, chapter 12 verses 4 through to 11. Let's start with uh, verses 4 to 6. The key point that is being made here is that there is a big diversity of gifts that the Spirit gives, huge diversity, but it's the one Spirit who imparts this uh, diversity, this dazzling diversity of gifts. And that's just a really important thing for us to remember uh, today. And so we, we, we see it literally with our eyes this morning because we've got some people leading our worship, some people leading our service, some people welcoming, some people have just done uh, refreshments. A whole stack of people are doing our children's groups and our youth groups. We've got wonderful people at the back making everything happen technically. We've got people welcoming. You know, we see it with our own eyes uh, today. You would not want me on the AV desk. Now, arguably, you might not want me up front, but at least I sort of know what I'm doing here, but you wouldn't want me there. It would be disaster. You wouldn't want me doing the live stream, I assure you. There is a massive diversity of gifts that has been given uh, to God's people by the Spirit. Here's why that matters. We are not all the same. Every single person in this building has a unique set of gifts. So there is some service within the body of Christ that only you can offer. And there are some people that our church can only reach if it's through you that we reach them. We, as a congregation, are incomplete without your Holy Spirit-inspired service. Now, in theory, this should lead to our celebrating and respecting the Holy Spirit gifts that are given to other people. And certainly, 
it would be lovely if it was part of the sort of the normal routine of our church life that we thanked people and honored people and recognized the gifts that are given to them. What can happen in churches is the reverse, that as we look around at the diversity of gifts within our church community, we do one of two things. We either look down our noses at other people and say, well, they haven't got the gift that I've got, and what they do doesn't really contribute or isn't really important in the way that what I do is important, or we do the reverse, and we're jealous of the gifts of other people. So we all think, man, if I could just be like Sue Collinson, if I could be as caring and compassionate and as calm in a crisis and as wonderful to pray for as, as Sue is, then it would be great. But we're not all Sue Collinsons, and that is a strength of our church, that there is a diversity of gifts and so instead of looking down on other people, of course we don't do it publicly, we just do it privately, or being jealous of them, the prayer is, God, how have you filled me with your spirit? What gifts have you given to me? These are gifts of grace that the Holy Spirit gives, and it presumes that all of us have a continuing encounter with God both here when we gather together in our Sunday services, but also in our own walk with God through the week, that we are people who are being open to the Holy Spirit, who are praying every day, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, empower me to live for you and work for you today. So we have this huge diversity of gifts within the body of Christ, but we are all powered by the one Spirit, all serving the same Lord. The next really important point comes in verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So notice why these Spirit gifts are given to us. They are not primarily given to us for our own sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. I would say that as a lovely byproduct, that there is something about serving with the gifts that God has given in the way that God intended that does make us feel often deeply satisfied. But that's not the primary purpose. The primary purpose that we receive these gifts and then put them into use is that we, we, since we give them back to God for the common good. So it's not for our, primarily for our own sense of satisfaction. It certainly isn't to boost our ego, uh, but it's to serve the common good. When we serve, we are giving ourselves to something bigger at the kingdom of God. And it will inevitably require sacrifice and generosity. There will be times when it feels wonderful to be using the gifts that we have. And there will be times, other times, when it feels like a bit of a trudge and a bit of a sacrifice. We're starting this week an exercise that we are calling We Are the Church. And what we've done, it's not exact and it's not exhaustive, but what we've tried to do is to group together the different ministry areas that we're currently involved with, and we've grouped them into three groupings. 
Uh, the first one represented there at the back uh, on those blue signs are the things that we do on Sunday. And we need all of you to be on board with what we're doing on a Sunday if Sunday is going to continue to grow and thrive. And then uh, on the other two sides, we have what we're doing midweek, in a sense more here in the building, and then also what we're doing in the city and beyond. So sort of three different areas of focus. And uh, you'll hear more during the service about how you can access all of that and see what it is. But over these next three weeks, we are asking you to consider these three areas, Sundays, midweek, city beyond, and just say, well, what gifts do I have and what can I bring to those different areas of service? The last thing we want to do is to recognize, if you look at verses 8 to 11, uh, there is a list of gifts uh, there uh, that uh, Paul uh, reminds the Corinthians Christians about. It, it's not the only list in the New Testament. So the New Testament has several lists. And what that suggests to me is that there isn't kind of one conclusive list, but the, the key point is this diversity that the Holy Spirit has made us all differently and gives us gifts differently, but we all uh, together serve for the common good. So there is another list in Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. There's another list in Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 13. There's another list in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. And certainly for me personally, when I, when sort of 30 years ago, when I was thinking about the direction that I felt God was going to take my life, it was uh, at the suggestion of somebody else that I just read those passages really seriously and deeply. And I thought, well, what is it that God has gifted me in? What do I see? What do other people see in me? What are the things that make me passionate, uh, that make me come alive? And it was through thinking about those things that eventually I put myself forward uh, to do what I do now. I want to finish with a question uh, before we conclude. And the question is, uh, what, if at all, is the difference between what you might call a natural gift and what Paul here talks about as a spiritual gift? So, for instance, you might think, well, if I'm a naturally organized person and I just love to bring order where there is chaos, then does that mean that that's what I need to do within the church? Let me answer that in a few ways. First thing, I think we would say as Christians, we believe that all of our gifts, whether they're gifts of personality, gifts of upbringing, gifts of, our, of our, just our current status, you know, who we are, what we do, all of those gifts come from God. And so there can't really ever be a really sharp distinction between a natural gift and a spiritual gift. Uh, for the Christian, all these things come from God. Secondly, if we go back to um, Exodus chapter 31, we come across a lovely chap whose name was Bezalel. And he's described as a skilled craftsman. And that seems to be a natural gift that he had. You know, some people are just really handy at making beautiful things. I am not one of them. But there are some people for whom that is. And this seems to be a, a natural gift that he sort of nurtured and other people nurtured in him. 
Uh, but when, the, when Bezalel is described as being filled with the Holy Spirit, it is to enable him to produce works of great beauty uh, for the temple. So in a sense, to enhance the worshipping life of the community. So I love the fact that with this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you get this great outpouring of creativity that is not just about uh, people that can sing and people that can make music, but people that can make things and can make places look beautiful and can turn our hearts in worship. So there's, there's an example of somebody, in a sense, who has a natural gift that is then boosted or worked through by the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe that is and that will be your experience that you come with a set of gifts or with a passion and you just want to put those into God's hands and say, I just dare to offer these by way of service. But then also think about Paul, who was formerly Saul. Paul, once he'd become a Christian, was convinced that because of his upbringing and his background, so he was, he was a high-born, high-ranking Pharisee, and so he, he was convinced when he became a Christian that he was going to be the very best person to take the gospel to other high-born, high-ranking Pharisees and Jewish religious leaders. That's what he thought. That was the direction he thought God was going to take him in. God took him in a totally a different direction. And God said to him through the Spirit, your job is to take the gospel to the Gentile world. I've got other people that are going to do the job of taking it to the Jewish world. You, Paul, need to go to the Gentile world. And so when the Spirit comes on Paul, it takes him in an entirely new direction from what he saw as his natural gifts. So I think what that teaches us is that all of us need to give prayerful consideration and to talk and to hear from others, to answer the question, what are my Holy Spirit-given gifts. And with the time available that I have now in this particular season of life, how can I use them for the common good? And then we just keep on praying for the filling of the Holy Spirit, at remembering the huge diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit bestows. And just saying, I want to strain for the common good with the gifts that I have been given. And so this passage's view of the church is as a dynamic and diverse powerhouse with every Christian both aware of their Holy Spirit gifts and then using them for the common good. It's a very exciting and compelling vision of the church. And it can happen, and it does happen here, but that is entirely up to you. Amen.